Well, I don't know why you say goodbye, because I say hello and welcome to Also the Game, episode 2, titled Really People. I'm Brandon. I'm Dylan. And I'm Cintron. And they call me Dr. Evil, also known as Shaw. And today we have a good show for you guys. Uh, stories varying all the way from Tiger Text, which lets you text your adultering friends, Facebook glitches, and another Google story. Yes. Of course, all glory to the Google. Of course. Uh, Let's jump right in with the Palm Pre WebOS 1.4 update, which this is a kind of exciting update for our very own Cintron. Who owns he a has a Palm Pre. Yeah, the Palm Pre is actually a very good phone. I mean, I've liked it so far. I've only had it for it a month or so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better than my phone. It's it's pretty good. I mean, the Something whole multitasking thing works. That, uh, multitasking thing's when, nice. When we were going over with this was that the Palm Pre has now introduced Flash. Right? Flash support. WebOS 1.4 update adds video capture and Flash which is huge. The video capture, they're kind of lagging behind. They should have had that a while ago with the 3GS well, having video well, capture. Well, yeah, when I got the Remember? phone, I found that it just says camera in the opening launch screen and no camcorder, which was like... It's a pain. <laughs> like, well, even his old phone, which is like a $4 phone, had video. Guys, yeah. remember the uh, iPhone? The iPhone, iPhone didn't have yeah. I'm saying with but, the 3GS, though, this the Palm, if they want to compete, they have to introduce it. But, but none of us here are saying that the iPhone was clever when it first came out. Yeah, really. But it was brilliant and flash stupid support. at the same time. Flash support is major. Because not even the iPad has flash support. No, nothing, come on. Nothing Apple-related. One of the most popular devices. Well, the flash support is great because, I mean... If you want to watch a video yeah. on the internet. Yeah, like... <laughs> Some, sometimes I'll be looking through Whoa. videos and they don't have the plugins and apparently when it doesn't have the plugin you get this Lego piece and says oh, yes, that would course. be not having a That's plugin. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful. Mean you need Flash. Well, on the and now we get Flash which is awesome. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> iPhone. Hey look this is a major update let me see if I can get Flash. No I can't get Flash now I just get what looks like a Lego tower. <laughs> <laughs> now I like this because it means that the Palm has been advancing while Apple has been trying to Hold it back. You see, my favorite description of what Apple's been doing came from this man whose name I can't remember, but that doesn't <laughs> matter. He said that the rule of the pocket changes the way devices work. Usually devices like to be very separate and they can function better that way, but the pocket reverses this. We try and cram as much stuff into as tiny a package as we can. That's why the iPhone is so great, because it fits <laughs> in your pocket, and it's a phone, it's an iPod, it's whatever you want. And then they came up with the iPad. That's <laughs> really dumb. Yeah, that was a they step took... backwards, in my opinion. His, his wonderful likening is the Swiss Army Knife. It's brilliant. It fits in your pocket. It does everything you want. But if you walk into your kitchen, you have a giant Swiss Army Knife with spatulas and frying pans. <laughs> That's really dumb. So when they came out with the iPad, it's a giant digital Swiss Army Knife. Very That's complex. dumb. <laughs> uh, the thing about the uh, iPad is they're really not marketing it to the same people anymore. The biggest MacBook consumers have been students. It's been marketed to students, it's been good for students, and that's really who it's designed for. Hmm. But the iPad is almost the more sexist of the devices, designed for the housewife. Uh, You're designed to be able to... My mom has an iPad. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Even... Well, they actually that. With the iPad, one of the things they were marketing is that you can pull up a recipe on it and then set it up on, like, a cookbook stand. That does sound The more feminist racist. the I mean, device, the come better. come on. Racist. Okay, well, it's Dylan... Sexist. It's Dylan... Sexist. sexist. <laughs> as Dylan said, it's been marketed mostly to college people, not the iPad, but Apple usually sells to like college students because it's mostly a sign of, hey, I'm hip and trendy, I have an Apple. It's different than Microsoft owning everything. But now they've lost that appeal because the iPad just, it's stupid. 
Well, how do you store the thing? Like the the iPhone, you can <laughs> yeah, have. How do you store do you, like, an iPad? This is like, an interesting. How do you like? Do you put it under your arm if you're like traveling, or do you just? I love how. How do you walk the thing? It must be like a book. I mean, that's how. Yeah, the iPad that's one of the things. Is they're trying to kind of make a reader with it, which that I don't dislike because let's get- look at it. Kindle is like a $300 device. The iPad's like 400 If you're going to be buying a $300 Kindle, just get an iPad because you can browse the web on it. Well, here's the one. I mean, th- come on. One of the things I don't like is Apple's just taking complete control with the iPad because they don't like people who jailbreak their phones. Well, but they are can. You saying they are now ridiculing their uh, consumers now? Pretty much. They can shut down your applications remotely from wherever they are. Well, the thing they don't want people doing that for is because the iPhone is a very safe device. Air quotes on safe. What I mean by that is. As long as you don't mess with crap that you're not supposed to mess with, it's fairly secure, and it's going to perform the tasks well. As it was demonstrated by the one worm that went around for the iPhone, people who jailbreak it do open up themselves up to risk. There was that, that, was that Rickroll oh, yes, worm going around, where people who jailbroke their phone were susceptible to being Rickrolled. Of course. Who isn't nowadays? Yes. Well, yeah. But... <laughs> Here's the thing with jailbreaking. It turns your iPhone from a phone that does some other stuff, woo, to a computer. Yeah. With voice... Oh, not really voice over IP, more of an improved form of voice over IP. But that's Which one isn't of, that what a phone is? That's pretty much what a phone is. <laughs> it's just not over IP. It's over, you know, phone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... I don't really know how we got this much into the topic of the iPhone on a Palm Pre update, but... because it's a competitor. It is a massive competitor. They pretty much took the idea of the... IPhone and said, "Hey, we're gonna make it better." And said, "Not." Well, actually, the Palm came first because the Palms were like the first True. smartphones. True. The first smartphones were all Palms, but you couldn't touch. Them. Well, I mean, well, you, you could, touch them. You what were touch the old them. names for the Palm devices? Letters. No, there was the, like the Palm Pocket or something like that. There's like the Palm Pocket. I can't even remember the Palm name. Pilot. There's, it was the, the Palm, Palm Pilot. Pilot. That's it. It's so out of date. We've forgotten it. Welcome to internet time. Actually, my dad has like seven of those still <laughs> stored up. You still I have one You had to use the stylus for it, and they had the black. Yeah, and white I didn't screen. actually have like any kind of phone connectivity I with didn't. it, but I could. Take I graduated notes. straight from a razor to an iPhone. <laughs> Good sir. All right. All right. Uh, next one is let's go on to Facebook glitches. Uh, the glitch for uh, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, it's not the first time Facebook has made some private things more open to the public. Well, this isn't really private. It's just wrong. wrong. (laughs) You don't know what those messages are. I mean, well, the story is that a bunch of messages on Facebook have been... This is my grandchild. uh, (laughs) A bunch of messages on Facebook has kind of gone public and... Well, what it was was the emails that normally you get if yeah. you have it signed up for will tell you if you have notifications or if someone comments on your photo, it sends you an email if nice. you have it turned on. For people who don't live on Facebook, like <laughs> many teenagers but do. this glitch sent your, the emails that were supposed to go to you to other people. And it seemed like it was like a random person that it just sent off the email to. Which, as funny as it sounds, that might be a problem if some photos that you are keeping private from the general public are just <laughs> randomly being sent around to other people you don't know, no. which is, you know, I mean, it makes people feel a little insecure. This is the internet. You're posting photos of yourself to a giant void that you have no control over. Really so let's put this, this in a little perspective here. But that being said, people do like to feel secure. At least. They like to pretend they're secure. I don't like the emails that they send you whenever you get like notifications. I have them all turned off. I I, I didn't. I forgot to turn them off. So if you, <laughs> if you look at my email right yeah, now, it's like if you haven't noticed, something. I switched. I completely switched emails. Yes, for those because my old email has like one thousand messages. <laughs> for those lovely threads that change from 
Hey, look, one guy commented. Hey, look, 17 people commented. Oh, good. That's what yeah, I when you get from. a long string of comments. At least Gmail <laughs> will just nest them properly, what's, so you only have 17 in the same box. What's uncomfortable about the, getting all those emails is the fact that then I read the emails, but then you open up Facebook and it says you've got 17 notifications. So why do I use the emails? Time. It's redundant. This isn't the first time that Facebook has made something public. Like, before, well, you can send uh, some of your images to a private, so only some of, uh, So only your friends can yeah, see Yeah, some of your friends can actually see them. Now... There was a glitch not too long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that uh, out of date, but it was a... Uh, everyone could see it. Everyone could see your pictures, even if they were sent to a private setting. Mm-hmm. Which, that actually does make you feel a little insecure. Especially if people who, like, are a little more paranoid. They don't a- <laughs> want some 40-year-old creep browsing their pictures. Well, why put them on the internet? Your, why uh, put them on the internet? Of course, for sure. the lack of privacy thing makes me think of 1984 by George Orwell. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you've got this, too. You right. have friends on your Facebook who can see it. They can also save these photos. Of course. Then they can distribute them to whoever they want. Then they can Photoshop them. <laughs> really, you put anything on the internet, you're asking for everyone and their you, grandmother to it see exists. it. It exists. If it exists in any form, physical or digital, it's not that secure. You could have about the most secure thing you could possibly have is a Polaroid photo in your room. That's about the only thing you're going to have that's Even, not subject. And then subject. someone could come by and just find it. And yeah, and if and someone then scan it, and if then someone robs your house, yeah, they can get that photo. There like, really is, we've left the age of anything private. Now everyone can know everything if they really want to. Like, do you Even in the age of privacy, there are still physical well, unrest. Yeah. Like, you People could, aren't going to break into your house to find pictures of your grandmother. Well, do you, <laughs> this do, is true. Do you, do you remember the girl that got her Facebook hacked? And they were able to hack her computer and post particular photos that should oh, yeah. have been photos known. of her nude onto her Facebook, which yeah. she was seventeen. It was illegal. Well, yeah, she but... got in a lot of trouble. But had those hackers been caught, they also would have gotten in trouble. Ooh, so close! Hackers. One year away, <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't even post those to the internet. She just got her crap hacked into. So a little bit of it is, if you don't want it seen, don't do it. Like, yeah, come just... on. It's the, you're taking photographic evidence of something you don't yeah. want there to be photographic exactly. evidence of. This is kind of backwards. Exactly. It's like all those people who got in trouble for sexting and stuff. Of course, all that. Let's like, not get into on. that. You're asking for it a little That's bit. another episode. Indeed. But the big impact this Facebook article has on me is that Facebook is starting to crack under the massive amount of pressure that has been thrown upon it. It turned from, hey, look, guys, I have a Facebook, to everyone has a Facebook. It's just making so much money, and there are so many people. It first started out as uh, just you and a bunch of your friends. That's all Facebook was supposed to be, was you and your friends, your close personal friends in a small community. Now it's starting to be like MySpace, where... Popularity contest. Yeah, you add everyone. I You don't really care if you know them. Yeah, they're like... My aunt is on Facebook. They're a queens. Yeah, no, my mom is on I, Facebook. I, I you can find Facebook your family. For the purpose of connecting with friends from camp. And that's what I used it for, but eventually I used it... I found kids from my school and connected with them. And it's a good way of, of staying in touch. Like, I never used it for close, personal friends. I used it to stay in touch with all my friends who I didn't necessarily get to see every day. That's what Facebook was for. Because it was nice, and I could keep in touch, and I have used it to keep in touch with a lot of people. Yeah, Facebook was supposed to be, hey, I know that guy, but he lives over there. I want to be able to talk to him and all that exactly. kind of It was a, a social media thing. You're supposed to be social with people you know, not some guy you, you know, had in kindergarten yeah, for three but days. but you were supposed to know, exactly, you were supposed to know the people, not just add everyone. But some people are adding people like crazy. I've had the experience where I've had friends on Facebook I didn't honestly know when I became friends with them over <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, I'll, I'll, if someone adds me, like requests to add me, I'll pretty much add anyone. 
because what am I going to say? I've never met you, I don't think. And it's, it's not Facebook etiquette. Facebook etiquette. I'm going to add everyone unless they're my mom. <laughs> At which time the awkwardness just doesn't go away. On mine, I have like 18 different friend requests where it's just p- random people who were just adding me on Facebook and I don't even know who they were. Like, one of them was just like this 40-year-old woman that I've never heard of. Was, <laughs> That's a little creepy. Okay, that was well, pretty weird, yeah. You got me with that one. Yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is people on the internet, it's the internet. You just add people for the most part. And no one really freaks out. I did add a friend from science class the other day who I actually do know her. And my photos are set to private unless you're my friend. And my profile picture was not actually of me. It was for Doppelganger Week. And my picture was of Ray Menzerich of The Doors. And she didn't add me. She asked who I was, which I was honestly shocked. I was like, wait a minute. This is surprising. Which, in all honesty, it was kind of a good thing. Because otherwise I would have been some random name in her fo- in her Facebook directory. But I was like, hey, I'm in your science class. Now you're a member of the doors. I mean, who doesn't I was like, that? hey, I'm in your science class. It's, that's not actually a picture of me. And she was like, oh, yeah, I know you. And that guy. So now I'm not just a name. You know, we've established some sort of connection. Yeah, some sort of fact that we're not just some strangers. Okay. Moving away from Facebook for a few moments. Yeah, Tiger Text. Oh, yeah. Okay, this yeah, one's just we're already funny. on the topic of sexting, Tiger Text is... It's an application say? for the iPhone. Well, I'm not sure exactly what would you call it. No, it's definitely just an app for the iPhone. You download it off oh, the App yeah. Store like any other app, and like I don't know if you guys remember Text Free, which lets you text for free, unlimitedly. Well, that's an easy if you name. Paid for a, a cost beforehand, but Text Free set up a second phone number for you, which was a bit of a pain. Now you have Tiger Text, which is essentially the same thing, but it deletes all their text messages and the text yeah, on both people's phone history. and every record of it because it goes through the internet. I think this is hilarious because the company name is Tiger. They've had this name for years. Ironically enough, the Tiger Woods thing, and now you have Tiger Text. Tiger Woods would have been much better off had he had Tiger Text. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the problems I have with people. This whole Tiger Woods thing has been blown completely out of proportion because he was considered, oh, that virtuous guy, you know, he plays golf, he's good, he's someone you can look up to. Which is not really the point of this Suddenly we realize story. he's human. My God. Yeah. I understand it's not the point, but I'm just saying. This is, yeah, uh, it, was some... it bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really care what Tiger did, because if you look, I mean, politicians have got caught in scandals, sports stars do. Tiger Woods definitely was more Sign. prolific than most. We just kind of forget that the people we worship are still human. Yeah. At least until, I mean. until we discover Martians, <laughs> we're all human on this planet, so. And whatever, he, he messed up. Can't wait. So, he's still I like the Martians. best golf player also, ever, so. Also, I want to tell the the news companies, I want them to stop using gate as a suffix for oh, every Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Started off with Nixon's Watergate, and now we've just gone out of control. I think it's gate. Tiger gate. Stop adding gate as a suffix. <laughs> but we've completely left the actual topic we started on. Yeah, which tiger is tiger text. Tiger text. Is so. this a good thing? Hmm. It has applications, but being used for the wrong ones. Yeah. I mean, the the uh, article gives the examples of cheating spouses, shady politicians, sexting teens, and people who send a lot of stupid texts while drunk. There's people who might want to use this application. Now, see, those are people who are going to use it, but you don't have to advertise that. Obviously, it's going to I mean, be used adver- for at least I don't think the advertisement is that. It's the article. Well, it's an opinion article, but... You misinformed me. It's just kind of <laughs> funny that this is out, and it's being marketed as, hey, we're hiding the fact that you're sending texts that you might not want others seeing. Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> All right. Uh, Google. 
Oh yes, of course. Google because conviction. absolutely more Google articles. Yeah, I, <laughs> Google is just getting its well, in simpler words, butt handed to them this couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty sure. much. I think everyone's just trying to get as much money of Google's as they can. But the actual article here is they found that Google had this video of an autistic child being bullied. Now, Google didn't really know it was there. They were just hosting it. But there was so much outcry over this, especially in Italy, where I believe that's where I was hosted, mm-hmm. yep. that yeah. people are suing Google for this. No, they're not suing Google. They convicted yeah. Google. That's pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a criminal case, not a uh, civil suit, but an actual criminal case of Google hosting malicious content. Oh. Or not malicious, but like just illegal content or somehow. I don't, I don't know the what case. they're trying to look for. Because it, is this the worst thing on the internet? First of Come all, on it's now. A, kind of like a hosting website. It's a uh, video hosting site. In a why way. would you sue the people who Hosted are perver- like providing a service to you? Why don't you get and not the why don't people you, who've the guy in the video? Yeah, yeah. It's a better no, plan. This is, that would be if every single time anyone posted any kind of bad content to YouTube. Someone brought criminal charges against YouTube. Because, I mean, Google does own YouTube, and they're technically on the same servers. Here's a better use of people's time. Why don't you find the children in the video, Mm -hmm. convict them, and award Google for showing this awful thing happening? (laughs) Really, people? But you have to... Just showing Google's awesomeness some more. I mean, you've got the child who taped it is also now at fault for not helping a criminal case. Of course, they're watching this poor autistic child being beaten here, and they're taking video. Hey, this is look great on YouTube, guys. (laughs) <laughs> you, Google, awesome. Google and YouTube and stuff all try to police their content. I mean, they don't just let everything run rampant. Oh they, my well, God. Now YouTube they've got to police it even more. Strict YouTube is very strict. I mean, even stricter than Google. Any they'll, they'll copyright, rip, they'll, they'll rip take off the... out oh, audios yeah. and videos yep. just because it'll think that uh, it's copyright. But most of the stuff has to be found by users. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the great porn surge uh, on yeah. YouTube, oh, where yes, of 4chan, as a Rose precaution Rose. against... The, or as a warning against YouTube, who took down this child's video because he was 11 years old. And the YouTube terms of the service say you have to be 13. <laughs> but this kid's parents were letting him record the videos. I mean, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just recording some videos. And he got really popular on the internet because he seemed like a cool kid. And he was he seemed like a, like a fair chap, and they removed his videos. And 4chan was outraged. So 4chan, as a response, all posted as many porn videos as they could to YouTube. Of course. And they all response. got through. It oh. took him a couple days to find every one of these videos and bring them down because they were all tagged as completely benign stuff. Well, first. like Miley Cyrus video, cool, funny. You clicked it, <laughs> and oh boy, <laughs> it was funny, all right. <laughs> but one one thing I'd like to say about that is, well, first of all, rules one and two. Quit talking about four chan for God's sakes. I've said this four times, but that's okay. But really, you just shouldn't. If it's innocent enough, you can let it slide. I mean, this is just... I know. mean, okay, let's... let's M- take... Maybe he himself wasn't doing the videos. What if his parents <laughs> allowed him to? Then technically it's all right. Why kick off the poor boy? I mean, but, that's... But that's the point. not the, the point. point. is here is... I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate for a second, all right? Why At not? least towards the video. Let's say this video is seriously bad content. We, The Italian government sees this. It's not good. We don't want this just floating around on Google, which is a very accessible site. So let's ask Google to take it down, all right? There's 10,000 sensible ways of going about this that don't involve criminal convictions against Google for hosting this. Well, to get them, make them get it, take it down within two hours. Yeah, no, okay, that's one thing. And there's a report button. There's like flag this video is inappropriate. There's a user moderate. There's a user moderated community. Yeah, you can flag a video. Why didn't the Italian government just get every employee to flag think, the video? I think there was a flag over 5,000 views. Why didn't any of them flag it? 
Yeah, I mean, come on now, like, you've gotta put this in perspective a bit, Italian government. They're just hosting a video. You cannot shoot the messenger. This is a very literal case of shooting the messenger. Well, you can, it's just impolite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course. But alright, let's move on to the next let's topic move away before well, we start our to rage. discussion today is uh, storytelling in games. Ah yes, this is an important topic to me because I've played games since I was three, as I've stated. I played games more than I've read books, so you can see where <laughs> well, the story elements I think we come all, in. I think all of us on this podcast have played games more than we've read books. Not me, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, but here's the thing. Some people, some companies think that if the story is good enough, it doesn't matter how good the game is. And so they spend several million dollars writing an absolutely fabulous story and then putting it very poorly in the game. And we're all might there as well be a movie. Might as well have been a book. A great example of this would be half of the Final Fantasy games. Of course. Actually, I mean, the Final Fantasy games are good, but a lot of times they put so much effort into the story that they make no real gameplay improvements whatsoever. Absolutely. And then on the opposite side of that, there are people who don't add any storyline at all to games. It's literally just, shoot that guy. (laughs) Halo. (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, Halo has a very deep storyline. Yeah, but it's still books. Yeah, I mean, I read the books. I read the Halo books, and it does have a backstory. But the actual Halo One story consists of very little more than shoot enemy in face. Well, well no, that's I, what the gameplay consisted of. There wasn't a lot of story in the game, but there was a story. I'm not and saying even it was the very story well. is fairly generic. Actually, it got a little more diverse and a little better around. Yeah, the sequels. Somewhere really between had, Halo 2 and 3. The sequels really had some better storytelling. Honestly, the first game didn't really apply the story that well to... The very per- and even then, the backstory for the longest time. Is read course. the books. It's aliens attack humans, humans <laughs> fight back. That was it. There was no complexity <laughs> to it. There was the rings, okay. Now the aliens have a weapon. What's the War of like? the Worlds did that. The aliens came down, they had this super crazy weapon, humans have to do something against it. Well, it sounds they took a lot different. like Avatar, doesn't it? It does. Only backwards. <laughs> well, yeah. Backwards. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's it's a generic story. Well, I mean, come we, on. We can't really blame Halo, because even though they didn't have that great of a storyline, they did have game. They had great gaming. It was the first of its kind. Everyone says, oh, it ripped off Halo. Well, Halo didn't rip off anyone. Well, Halo me... ripped off Doom and stuff, but they did <laughs> But they made it better. They had the two control sticks, Halo 2 control the camera, like and where you're pointing simultaneously, so you don't have to... Like in the original GoldenEye games, you had one control stick. You couldn't turn around without moving forward in a circle. Mm-hmm. That kind of bothered me, and then Halo fixed that. So, honestly, Halo did an okay job. But here's the thing. This storytelling really needs to be more important or less important in games. It just depends on what the game is. Well, let For me... instance, let's go back to the good old Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario. Rescue Come Princess. On. Super Mario. Stop going with Rescue Princess. That's, that's, as, all that's as generic as it gets. Come it, on. They but... need a story great game. That's great. Alright, Brandon, go ahead. I was about to say, let me go back and first go over what, why storytelling is so important in games. Like, the very reason why most people add a story is because it involves you in the game and it makes you want to play more. If you guys think otherwise, go ahead, but, uh, gaming is more or less a interactive medium, in my opinion. It has a huge potential to tell stories, because you're actually in the story. Now... Some writers are not used to this yet. They're, you know, they're developing a story which they don't want uh, the audience to participate in. Absolutely. Case in point, Metal Gear Solid 4. No, Metal Gear Solid was awesome. There's this one point, and I don't want to give out any spoilers. Oh, go ahead. I told him about this. But there's this one point where eventually at the end of the game, uh, you find out that the people, uh, the person that is on the other side are... Who's trying you to kill you? Spoil it. Well, you don't um, mind. <laughs> no, that's, that's not spoiler. There's, there's a character to... who betrays the good guys, basically, and 
this person has been a big help to you, and you're fairly attached to this character. Yeah. And there's a big cutscene that plays out where eventually the player character, at the end of the cutscene, has a gun up to this character's head. Yeah. She's, well, they. Damn spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, (laughs) they're there, and Solid Snake has this gun. (laughs) And at his time, all the cutscene is, is Solid Snake pointing this gun at the character. And it kind of stops. Yeah, nothing happens. And then after a while, you're there, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking... Oh my god, they want me to pull the trigger on this person. You have to pull the trigger yourself, and it's a harrowing moment. There's no other way to stop it. You can't turn back. You know you have to kill this person. That is one way that you are really into this story. Well, you're really into the story, but here's the thing. It's almost like that's one part where they'll give yeah. you the story, but once again, you can't really change the story. All you can do is just stand there for a different Cell's period think of might time. not have been a good example, because Cell's Snake has been very inventive in their ways of... They have a great story, but they have so many cutscenes, you don't really get to influence the story. It's like, True. they give you a game, and then they show you a yeah. movie. You don't necessarily have to influence the story They didn't really integrate the story Games for the, the game longest time didn't... In, you didn't get to influence the story at all. It was a very... Games that were story games were linear. Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Doom, all the Doom games, all the Quake games, they're linear. But it's not the influence of the story that really gives it the emphasis. You don't have to be active with the story. Yeah. But the gameplay has to be part of the story. Yeah, you have to drive the story with the gameplay. For well, instance, Bioshock, one of my favorite games. Because oh, God. More of <laughs> <laughs> Well, fine. System Shock 2, does that make you feel better? Not really. But the thing <laughs> is, you only get as much of the story as you physically go about finding. Well, the thing about the stories in games is that it has to be done well. There's also If you have a bad story in a game, well, the example I'm going to use is um, Need for Speed Underground. Not Underground. Um, undercover, oh, undercover, which is one of the more recent ones. I got that, and I played it, and it was highly disappointing to me the the one that was good was um most wanted most wanted that wasn't fun. most, most wanted, wanted had a great fun. had a, it was fun because it had a great story this, the story was very very corny it, it was, was corny yeah, but it was. it was corny the acting was bad the cutscenes were meh but you could kind of drive it and it was arcadey yeah. You weren't trying to get delved into a great story. You were playing a racing arcade. Well, game. I, I found myself that once I beat Most Wanted, and in the next in the next installment, in, installment, installment, yes, <laughs> in the next installment, Carbon. At the very beginning, the car that you spent all your time in Most Wanted, in Most Wanted, to get, they destroy it. Yep. You want to punch the dude in the face? You pissed. <laughs> I mean. I mean, it's a nice car. You don't want to... Well, no, you worked so hard for it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, okay, here's something that just... I was blown away when I heard this, because this is the current generation of games that are the most popular are multiplayer games. And in multiplayer, there's very little story. Because you're playing the same scenarios over and over and over again. I mean, the story is not what they're trying to go for. But I was talking to this kid the other day, one of my friends, about Bioshock 2 coming out. And I said I was excited for the game, and he said he couldn't really care less. I was like, why not? He's like, well, I don't really like single-player games. And I asked him, what's wrong with single-player? And he said, it's boring. And I was like, what about the engrossing story and the twists and turns? His reply was, I can't really follow the story. It's too confusing. Now, is this the kind of stupidity that games like COD or COD 6 are breeding? Say Call of Duty. Call of Duty 6 are Stop. breeding where it's all that matters is you're shooting the enemy in the face and you're not well, really thinking about... Well, well there are games for fun. I mean, it's fine that you're shooting people in the face, but yeah, a helpful story would would be fine. 
The best games, though, are the ones that are fun and have an engrossing story. Well, you, you can always bring up Half-Life 2 as, as an example. Yeah, that's always a valid Well, point. yeah, like in Half-Life 2... Our silent um, protagonist. I, I think it was uh-huh. one of the Half-Life 2 episodes where um, so, someone in particular almost dies... You, oh. you almost freak out. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> freaking out. When the character dies, I mean, it's it's shocking. Oh, you're like, ah! But <laughs> at the same time, I've never had so much fun rescuing a character as I'm blasting See, through the enemies. That's one brilliant thing of Half-Life 2. It puts the story and the gameplay exactly on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Because there are no cutscenes. There's no third person. It's literally from your point of view. It's like the monitor is your eyes. Or are your eyes. That was improper. <laughs> but anyway. I want to put uh, something. Well, put something. I want to say something. There's a couple of games I've been playing where, yes, a character is about to die or you have to do something quickly, and it builds up to it. It builds up to it so perfectly that even though this thing doesn't have a time limit, I feel like I need to rush it. I need, you to, need to sprint to the door, I screw that all the items, screw all, everything else. I gotta get there. Yeah. That's, that's an example of a perfect story. It's a story, it's a goal that you're trying to work for, and that's just perfect in my opinion yeah i mean there do exist games that have no stories that are still pretty good games absolutely as i said mario well in the beginning or tetris mario has kind of a story in the beginning of games there's no story in tetris it's literally just line up some blocks yeah that's it but that's you gotta remember then that has no progression to it either absolutely it's not meant to have a story there are some games tetris has absolutely no progression absolutely you can throw progression out the window to create a very simplistic form of gaming Donkey Kong, the original Donkey yes, Kong, to a degree, has very little progression. There's Absolutely. three levels. There is a story. There is some progression, but it's not. There's no story to it. It's pretty much that guy, that monkey, took my wife. I'm gonna go throw stuff at him. <laughs> exactly. Oh, a more barrel. recent one. A more recent one would be a particular game that I like, the Gran Turismo series, where there is a sort of progression as you get more money and get more your collection of cars and branch out, but there's no story at all, and it's still a fun game because you get to it's. <laughs> Just fun, just driving yeah, around. That's not particularly a progression, that's just doing stuff. Just getting just more stuff with. One growing. of the things, not every game needs a story. For instance, like as we just said, Tetris, it doesn't need a story. It's a puzzle game, it's well, a very singular thing. That was back in when games first came out. I mean, graphics no were so. In. Yeah, but graphics were so non complex, I don't know, simplistic, that. It was almost impossible to tell a story. I mean, the first game, Pong. They had to put paddles and two people playing table tennis in order to even show what the hell you were doing. Pong didn't have any story in the slightest. I, I don't know. Think that's a good example. To I know, it. but I'm saying it was so simplistic. You didn't know what you were doing. They had to actually show you on the box that you were playing Pong. Well, there was <laughs> there were games with um, stories before graphics, like text-based games that kind of oh, had stories. Well, text-based games were all story. Text-based games weren't really engulfing. It was like reading a choose-your-own-adventure book. Mm. It, it was just kind of like a see if you can actually beat the thing. I mean, okay, how about this? <laughs> Here's a little narrow question: Should modern games incorporate story? Not. I'm talking a large platform or PC game. I'm talking. I'm not talking like a downloadable content thing. I'm talking a large-scale, full-budget game. Should it have a story? Well, you can bleep this out, but. I'm sorry, you can't believe that. Hold on, fun fighting. Wait, go on. Okay, no duh. All games need a story. Well, in our modern time, I mean, if you're going to have some sort of protagonist or some player that you're playing and some sort of need a reason to be yeah, you need a reason to do that. I'm saying yeah, I agree with the amount of resources that are available and the power that is available on the system to not have a story 
is to leave out a part of the game. <laughs> you're absolutely leaving part of the game out if you're not including <laughs> this stuff. Indeed, indeed. Here's, here's the thing, not absolutely every game doesn't have to have a story, but if it's supposed to engulf you in it, it needs a story. As a matter of fact, mm. you can't really engulf someone into a story without having a story. <laughs> but not every game Unless is a story-driven game. But here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me with that one. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to have the greatest story ever written. You don't have to have Oliver Twist in your shooter game. The story doesn't need to be the emphasis, but it really, it should be there. However, it would be pretty amazing if they were to incorporate Oliver Twist into a shooting game. Oliver Twist, <laughs> the game. May I have some May I have some Push X to, uh, to get more. May I, can I have some more? Bullets. <laughs> oh, my. The Dickensian Tales. But uh, enough of Dickensian games, Oh, guys. God. All right, do we have anything else in the rundown today? Uh, no. I believe we're done here. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, I'm Brandon. I'm Dylan. I'm Cintron. And I'm Dr. Evil. <laughs> no, I'm Sean. <laughs> Alright, uh, we'll see you guys next week. As always, you can email us at also the game podcast at gmail.com. Of course, Gmail. No punctuation there other than the app symbol. <laughs> And, and the, the dot com. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Uh, you forget the most obvious punctuation. <laughs> uh, yeah, be sure to <laughs> be sure to leave a review or a comment or something on whatever site you found us through. Uh, subscribe so we can get more subscribers, so we more people can find us when we go up in ratings. And put some reviews. You guys yeah. are important. So yeah, leave some reviews. Please. Tell us what you guys think. It's always nice to hear from you. We've gotten a few already. It's we'd prefer their positive reviews though. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. If but if you do have constructive one, criticism, yeah. feel sure. Feel free to leave that but either way here's dr evil signing off (laughs) you just lost the game